This is Troy Black. Welcome to My Prophetic Journal, where I share what God is saying about current events, future events, the nations, and often what He is specifically saying to the body of Christ. I'll talk about prophetic utterances, visions, dreams, and miracles, and show how it's all connected to the voice of a real living Savior. Let's dive in. Hey y'all, this is Troy Black. So I have a prophetic message for those who follow the belief of cessationism. So even if you don't lean towards cessationism, or you're not a cessationist, um, I believe the Holy Spirit can still speak to you through this video. And some of the things I'm going to say actually apply, I've realized apply to me as well sometimes. So I believe God can still use this to speak to anyone who is considers himself a Christian. For those of y'all who don't know what cessationism is, I'm going to read this uh, definition. Cessationism is a Protestant doctrine that spiritual gifts, such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing, ceased with the apostolic age. In short, spiritual gifts are no longer available to the church, the body of Christ. Uh, people who believe in cessationism, like essentially, fr- from from what I've experienced personally, um, if, if this helps to kind of paint a picture a little bit, uh, anyone who says um, they're, they're speaking in tongues, they believe they're basically just speaking gibberish. Anyone who says that God has healed them, they believe that, you know, that's not true. And anyone who says they're prophesying, they believe that you're either uh, hearing your own thoughts or you're hearing something else. So, so that's kind of a, a summary. This is what I want to say to anyone who's watching this who believes the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. My heart behind this video is not to attack anybody. My heart is not to offend anybody. I hope I don't. (laughs) My heart is simply to share what I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to me with a heart of love and a heart of grace. That's all I'm trying to do here. So I hope even if, you know, let's say you disagree with what I'm saying here. Let's say you disagree with most of the things I share on my channel. I hope we can still be friends in under the banner of I believe that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for all of my sins. And I believe because I've put my faith in him, that I am on my way to heaven, that that I have a real relationship with the God of the universe, that I'm completely forgiven. And I believe that through his truth and grace, I can be free from sin, not just after I die, but in this life. I can be walking a life of freedom. No, that doesn't mean I'm perfect, you know, and I, I don't think anyone watching this video would say they've arrived and they've, they've, they always get everything perfect. But I believe we can be unified under the banner of the gospel, even when we disagree on other things. So, you know, hopefully you can uh, <laughs> at least agree with me in that way. Um, this is the prophetic word I heard. And y'all, when the Holy Spirit speaks something that sounds harsh, I don't believe he's saying it in a harsh way. And, and the way that he said this was with the heart of love. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that ahead of time. This is what he said. Cessationists have been deceived by teaching that comes from a spirit of Phariseeism. Cessationists have been deceived by a teaching that comes from a spirit of Phariseeism. The Lord gave me several verses, several scriptures to go through. I'm going to go through the word and I'm going to try to show you what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> and I know... I'm saying what the heck just offended some people who have a religious spirit. You know, I, I get that. But gosh, y'all, we need to be less offendable. We need to get offended by other Christians less often 
And we need to be in a place where we're willing to show grace even when we, when we disagree, even when we think someone has done something wrong, we need to be, you know, the Bible says Jesus, through Jesus, was revealed truth and grace. When we're all about truth and we're not showing people grace, we've missed Jesus. When we're, when we're all about grace and we are not standing for truth, we've missed Jesus. Okay, Matthew 3, 6 through 8 says, And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You offspring of vipers, who who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. This is talking about John the Baptist, okay? And, and, And essentially, he immediately called out the Pharisees. He didn't even give them a chance to come be baptized if that's what they were coming to do. He immediately called them out and stopped them from even having a chance. Why did he do this? I believe it was the Holy Spirit leading him to do this because he saw the Holy Spirit, saw the spirit behind their intentions, the the motivation behind what they were wanting to do, okay? Verse 11, um, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, talking about Jesus, is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is a very interesting thing for John the Baptist to say directly after he calls out the Pharisees, right after he calls out their motivations, their intentions, basically stops them from being able to be baptized. He says, Jesus is coming and he's mightier than I, and he is the one who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So, the baptism of repentance that, that the people were, were experiencing right then was in order to prepare the way. John had been sent as one to prepare the way for the Messiah. They were getting baptized and repenting of their sins to be prepared for the coming of Jesus so that when Jesus baptized them, as and you know, and that's what it says right here, he will baptize you. So when Jesus baptized them, they could be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I hope y'all are, are I hope that makes sense. Okay. So the Pharisees, in a sense, were rejected by John the Baptist. And this is why that uh, offended them so much. This is the reason why. It's because they follow the law more specifically than anyone else, right? They believe themselves to be better than the people, okay? And I understand that point of view so clearly because for most of my life, you know, I believed I was better than everyone else around me. I believed that God loved me based on what I was doing, you know, and it, took me so long and took God, you know, basically um, humbling me and showing me that I was not as good as I thought I was, you know, and showing me that how desperately I needed his grace before I, w- I, I essentially said, you know what, I can't live with this pride any longer. Like I, I have to humble myself and I have to come to the Lord and I have to receive the grace of God or else, you know, there's, there's no hope for me. <laughs> like that's all, that's all that I have going for me is not what I've done, but it's what he has done for me. So this is the problem with the Pharisees is they had done so much that they had a hard time understanding why would God give this gift of baptism for repentance? Why would he accept all these sinners, you know, quote unquote sinners before he accepted us? And because they compared themselves, their good works to the other people being baptized. And they said, and we're not allowed to be baptized, you know, they said that means that this all this must be demonic. It must be from Satan. 
because it wouldn't be from God. Because if it were from God, he would have honored us first. You know, they couldn't understand why they were rejected. It made sense to the Pharisees that if God was giving a gift, that they would receive it first. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying. This is this, uh, the teaching that comes from a spirit of Phariseeism, which is a long word that is, is not a real word, <laughs> but it makes sense. The idea is that I've done what God wanted me to do. I've, I've, I've done my best to follow what his word says. If God were going to give anyone a spiritual gift, he would have given it to me. And if I haven't experienced that, then it must not be real. You know, then these other people who haven't done as good of a job as I've done, they must be either making it up or it must be demonic. You know, this is what I believe the whole, this is the, 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 the foundation of cessationism. I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to uproot is that idea of measuring God's word based on our experience. You know, if I've never experienced healing, I've never experienced the gift of tongues. I've, I've, I've maybe even prayed for some of these things and I've never experienced prophecy, you know, then it must not be true because I've been doing all these things. But here's the amazing thing about the gifts of God is they are not based on what we've done. They're based on his grace and his love. That's why they're called gifts. If they were based on what we're done, they would be called wages, you know, spiritual wages, like things that we've earned, but they're not, and we cannot receive them that way. And, and, and many times I believe that's why it's so hard for some of us to receive spiritual gifts is because we're trying to base it on what we've done. We're saying, God, I've done all these things, you know, so if you haven't given to it to me by now, you know, then it's, it, you must not be giving it to anyone. But the gifts of God are based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's the only way we can receive what he wants to give us. So this is an example from my own life. Um, when I was, I don't remember how old, I was young, you know, preteen. I've told this story before, but essentially what happened was uh, my, my younger brother uh, was stillborn. So he had died before, uh, before he was born. Um, and, and we buried him and um, had a small funeral for him. And it was very sad, you know, and, and very heartbreaking moment in my life and, and in my sibling's life, my parents' life. And I, um, I was not exactly aware of what was happening. I thought there were complications. I didn't understand he had already passed away um, before he was born. And so on the way to the hospital, I was actually, you know, I was a small kid. I was actually praying and begging God, pleading with him uh, to help my brother be born alive. You know, I was, I was just crying out to God and what I was doing in that moment and didn't know, you know, I didn't know any better. What I was saying though was, was God, if you will just heal him, help him to be alive, I will serve you with my whole life. And what I was doing in that moment was I was bargaining with God. I was trying to, in a sense, earn this gift of healing and, and it didn't happen. And when that didn't happen, this root of bitterness took hold of my heart. For many years after that, I continued doing what, you know, the Christian thing, I, I continued obeying God's word the best way I knew how, but but deep down, I actually was a bitter at God for allowing that to happen. And, 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 and I thought that he had not lived up to his end of the deal. You know, I thought I was going to do all these things for you, Lord, and I'm still trying to, but you didn't come through for me, you know? And I was, I was very mad at God, and there was a lot of doubt in my life. I, during that season, I didn't believe that you know, miracles were going to happen. I didn't believe God was going to do supernatural things. 
And it wasn't until he got me, like I said earlier, to that point of desperation that I cried out to him and I said, God, you know, whatever you want to do, however you can save me, please save me. As I began to seek the Lord with my whole heart, the one night the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And y'all, this is what he shared with me. He began to explain the simple message of the gospel because he knew I had not gotten it yet. He explained to me that God loved me, which I didn't really believe because I, I had messed up in so many areas. You know, I was basing God's love for me on my works and I had messed up. So I thought God can't love me. And then also he explained the gospel that Jesus died for me. And because of that, I could believe in him and all my sins could be washed white like snow. And y'all, it was the best news I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> This is the burden that God has put on my heart because I know there's many people who are in a very similar place to I was, you know, growing up in church, doing the right thing, but never really seeing God work in their life, not really having, not feeling like they have that personal connection with him. God wants to speak to you. He loves you. Jesus died for you. He carried the weight on the cross for you. He paid the price for your sin. He earned the righteousness of God for you. He did it for you. And and then the scripture says, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He earned that right to give you those gifts. You don't have to earn it. So the same thing that I had done with my brother, you know, I'd, I'd essentially put God to the test. The Pharisees did this in scripture as well. So here's another verse. It's Matthew 16, 1. The Pharisees and Sadducees came up and putting Jesus to the test, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. So what God desires of us is he desires us to come to him with a heart of belief. First off, belief in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you know, but second off, belief that God is really going to do what he has said he would do in scripture. The same way that the Pharisees were putting Jesus to the test in asking for a sign that is the temptation we have today. When we've, if, if you're in a place where you've never seen God do something supernatural, the temptation is to ask for a demonstration before we're willing to believe. Is to say, God, I'll, I'll believe in prophecy once I see real prophecy in my life. You know, or I'll, I'll believe in healing and miracles after I see myself or this person I'm praying for get healed. But the kingdom of God works the opposite way. You know, that's where the Pharisees were. But Jesus was doing miracles in the lives of those who weren't as good as the Pharisees technically, but they were willing to believe him with the the faith of a child. You know, the kingdom of God says, when you believe, then you see, not the other way around. John 7, 48 through 49 says, not one of the rulers or Pharisees has believed in him, has he? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. This was the religious spirit of the time. These people were saying, these people don't understand God's word. That's why they're listening to this blasphemer. That blasphemer they were talking about was Jesus Christ, our hope, our, our hope for eternity. And they're saying these people, they believed in him, but they don't know, they don't know who they're believing in. And, and, and oh man, y'all, <laughs> if, you're, if you're hearing any... Um, any condemnation at all, that's not my heart. That is, And I know that's not what the Holy Spirit wants. You know, anytime God God shares something with us where, where you know, he, maybe he's even correcting something inside of us, 
he does it with a heart of grace. And, and this is what the Lord does in my own life. It's, it's not so much like, oh, you have got this wrong. No, it's like, hey, here's a better path to take. Come down this way. You know, like, let's, let's go down this way. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's always through a lens of grace and redemption and freedom in Christ. And y'all, everything that I'm saying, I believe if you will take the word of God, like I'm not trying to say anything against scripture. If you will take the word of God and you will, like a child, read the word and say, God, if this is from you, like if you still want to do miracles today, if you still want to work through your people, through prophecy and, and through the gift of tongues and things like that, signs and wonders, if that is for today, show me in your word, you know, Show me in your word where that is, and the Holy Spirit will respond to that prayer. If you pray genuinely, he will respond to that prayer. Um, Here's another verse. Um, This is uh, John 7, 52. And in this verse, um, the word is literally just showing how God allowed the intelligence and the knowledge of the Pharisees to fail them. So this is what I believe we put our hope in sometimes. We put our beliefs on. We build it on our ability to to look at God's word from an intellectual standpoint. We say all these people have doctorate degrees, they've studied, they know what they're talking about, and they say this about God's word. But the Pharisees were that equivalent, y'all, in that day and age. And God allowed their knowledge and their intellect to fail them. This is verse 52. They answered and said to him, you are not from Galilee as well, are you? Examine the scriptures. These people knew the scriptures better than anyone. And see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. They were wrong, y'all. They knew the scriptures better than anyone. But God worked it in such a way where they would be wrong about the thing that they knew most. Because at the end of the day, we cannot trust in our intellectualism. We cannot trust even in our common sense to understand God's word. Yes, some things are going to be easier to understand than others. But we have to trust in the Holy Spirit. He's in here too, y'all. He, the, the word says, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Not your, not your common sense will make your path straight. Not your intellect, not your long hours of study will make your path straight. He will. Listen to me. Some of us are not acknowledging the Holy Spirit. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the simple thing the Lord is asking us to do today each one of us, myself included, is to acknowledge him in all our ways. Not to interpret this based on our own understanding, but rather based on what he is really saying. This is what Jesus says in that same chapter, John chapter 7, verses 38 through 39. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is what the Word says, that those who believe in Jesus were to receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so I encourage you, if you're in that place where you disagree with me, that's, that's fine, you know? My heart is not to challenge people or anything like that. My heart is just to share what I believe the Holy Spirit has given me to share. But I do want to encourage you, to read the New Testament, like I said, read the New Testament and ask Jesus, ask the Father to reveal what he wants to do through the Holy Spirit today. And here's the amazing promise Jesus has made us in Scripture. Luke 11, 9-13. Go read this passage. Jesus talks about how 
a good father is not going to give them, a good parent is not going to give their children uh, a snake or a scorpion when they're asking for a fish or an egg to eat. Like this child's hungry. They're asking for this good food to eat. The parent's not going to give them a snake or a scorpion. In scripture, those things represent demons. And I think a lot of the time, the fear that has been placed on gifts of the Spirit is, well, if you go seek those things or you try to hear a word from the Lord through the Holy Spirit, you're going to get something demonic instead. Jesus promised in this passage, Luke 11, 9-13, that when we ask for the Holy Spirit, that is what we're going to receive. If you're genuinely going to the Lord in prayer and saying, God, I want your Holy Spirit and I don't want anything else, He will protect you in that moment. That prayer cannot be intercepted if it's from a heart, a a childlike heart, a, a place where you're saying, Lord, this is what I really want. Whatever you have for me, God, whatever that looks like, reveal yourself to me. We need to stop trying to reveal God to to him. We need to stop trying to be the ones showing God who he is, telling God who he is. We need to allow him to tell us who he is. And he wants to do that, y'all. He loves you so much, so very much. And he wants a very deep and intimate personal relationship with you. I love you so much. I hope this has been encouraging. Uh, (laughs) I hope you subscribe to my channel. Uh, Come back and watch more videos. And I will see you next time. This is Troy Black, and you've been listening to My Prophetic Journal. If you'd like to support this ministry, find out how on TroyBlackVideos.com. You'll also find links to my YouTube videos, books, blog posts, and more. That's TroyBlackVideos.com. I hope you'll join me again for another entry of My Prophetic Journal.